It's your first look behind enemy lines. Our crossover Thursday with Luke Braun from Locked on Vikings starts right now. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Bob. Every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. And Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. And Crossover Thursday is sponsored by our friends at Prize Picks. Pick any two to five players and see if they will go over or under their projections from Prize Picks and you make money on it. It's that simple. PrizePicks.com slash locked on and they will match that first deposit up to $100. Luke Braun, Locked on Vikings. Peter Bukowski, that's me, Locked on Packers. Let's kick off this crossover edition. What's going on, everybody? I am Luke Braun of the Locked on Vikings podcast here with Peter Bukowski of the Locked on Packers podcast. We're crossing over here as we will do every Thursday. Vikings Packers playing each other week one season opener. Uh, Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Again, I am Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. And uh, you can find Peter Bukowski, Bukowski at Peter Bukowski on Twitter. Peter, how you doing? I'm I'm good. I'm excited for week one. It, it's a little surreal that we're finally here. I feel like normally we spend more time talking about week one's opponent. And for whatever reason, we haven't. I don't know if you feel that way, but that's just sort of where I am. And I think the reason is there's a lot going on in Green Bay land, a lot of, of Cheesehead Nation stuff that we have to worry about. So I think that's yeah. one of the reasons. It's been weird because it's very like internal right now. Yeah. with the Vikings. We're all learning these new, this new coach and his scheme and what's the culture like. And it's all like, and yeah, I guess we have like a week one game, but like who we actually are playing. <laughs> I remember last year. Yeah. I spent like two months talking to the lockdown Bengals guys. And cause I was a week one was Vikings Bengals. And like, we, we've spent forever on that one, but yeah, it's been a lot more. We got, we kind of got our own thing going on over here. <laughs> well, you have the new coaching staff and, and you know, like the, the Packers have, um, offensive line questions. They've got receiver questions, um, a, a new defense um, with, with well, not a new defense, but new players. So there's a, there's a lot of stuff to dig into here. Um, let's, let's talk about um, this coaching thing, because to me, that seems like sure. the biggest, the biggest story it, to you. Mm-hmm. Is that the biggest story? What this offense and I guess, and defense is going to look like. Uh, I mean, it's with, been the, the thing the whole season. Yeah, that's been the thing the whole season. It's that the culture is a lot different. The Mike Zimmer culture totally fell apart. Everybody was on eggshells with each other. Every, people were not on speaking terms, like multiple people, like Kirk Cousins and Rick Spielman, not on speaking terms with Mike Zimmer at the end. Like, real bad stuff. That 
has been purged. And now you've got these like laid back youngins with uh, Adolfo Mensa and <laughs> Kevin O'Connell. We got this, we got the millennial vibes here and everybody's all kumbaya work together and everything like that. But beyond that, it's been a new scheme. It's going to be a much different look. I think in previous, you know, last couple of years, you and I would talk and we say, yeah, we run about the same scheme and we still are from the same tree. I mean, it's still a McVeigh guy and LaFleur was a McVeigh guy and it all comes from Mike Shanahan up top. But um, it's going to be a little bit more like the way the Rams run it and a little bit less like the way the Packers run it. Um, and that will be different. You're going to see a little bit more, I think, a, a little bit more drop back passing, more passing volume in general. It's going to be less of a ground and pound and Dalvin Cook kind of offense. That's at least what we've been like led to believe. And then defensively, it's totally different. We picked up, again, a couple of former Packer coaches. So you guys probably know it better than I do. Um, Mike Petton is like a consultant. He's assistant head coach, but he's not the defensive coordinator. It's Ed Donatel, who is a protege of Vic Fangio. So this is going to be like what we saw with the Bears in this division a few years ago with Fangio and that quarter, quarter, half, those sort of rotating safeties that um, that defense that we saw for so long there and then saw for so long in Denver. Um, they're running that pretty much right off the book. So that's, I guess, as short as I can get in, like what's different here in Minnesota. Um, the short answer is all of the things they're doing, not many of the people, the offensive personnel is more or less the same. They can change right guard and everything else is running back. Um, defense, there's a lot of turnover because guys got old and they got like younger players and stuff, but we, we can get into that in a bit. Here's the thing, Peter, we got to talk about, because I think this this is might be the biggest story for both of our teams outside of like the, the season scope stuff. This Sedarius Smith revenge game thing mm. feels like it's the moment. That's the thing of the moment for both of our teams. Like Zadarius Smith wants to stick it to the Packers. It is not one of those like, oh, you know, it's like it'll be fun to get back at him, and I can't wait to see all my old. No, he is like upset, and he wants he wants to like prove a point. Yeah. So what do you what do you make of all that? Help help up, update me on this because I missed like ninety percent of this drama when it was all happening in Green Bay. I feel like an outsider. <laughs> this started last summer and and I was on Twitter and on my show talking about how it's worse than it seems. And it started with just Matt LaFleur being coy about why Zadarius wasn't at camp. And then I started to hear some whispers about dissension, about Zadarius isolating himself from the team, about him popping off at coaches, about some disagreements internally. Um, some, some anecdotes that I, I kind of don't even want to get into because they're, they're so out there. He was mad about not being voted captain. Um, and right. then gets season ending back surgery, goes out and plays week one, has a back injury, but then goes out and plays and then has the surgery and is, is, um, released mostly to save money. He wanted a new deal. I think mm -hmm. that if he hadn't had back surgery, he probably would have gotten a new deal at the end For of sure. the year. But they they made the decision to move with Preston Smith. If I'd have told you um, it, at the end of the 2020 season that they were going to keep Preston Smith and not Zedaria Smith, you'd have said you're absolutely nuts. This got bad, I and I, like I Packer fans, some of them, the people that don't want to hear the truth in a lot of cases, got mad at me and said, "Well, you're just stirring the pot. You're just trying to you know create <laughs> some drama where there isn't any." Oh no no. I was not guessing when I said that this had gotten sour and this was the quote from Zedaria Smith to tie Dunn and go long. That's why I felt the way I did with green Bay. I gave that S H uh, expletive my all. I put my blood, sweat, 
I put my back on the effing line. I put everything and that year three, I was treated bad. That's why I'm here now. So I can play them twice a year. Now let's put aside the fact that he signed with Baltimore first in the tampering period and then went to Minnesota. I don't know if it's because he, that was a money thing. This changed or or what the situation was. They like tried to change the contract at the last second. Yes. And so things got weird. He backed out and decided, well, if I can go try and tackle Aaron Rodgers twice a year, then that's great. So there's a little revisionist history in there, but the reality is not only is this a, a big deal that that he's pissed, um, the offensive line is the biggest question mark for the Packers right now because we don't know if David Bakhtiari is going to be yeah. able to play. We don't know if Ellen Jenkins is going to be able to play. Um, Ellen Jenkins has been doing teamwork. Um, David Bakhtiari this week started doing some teamwork, although he was listed as, as limited um, in, in Wednesday's practice, which usually means not doing teamwork, but it could have been walkthrough stuff and not full go stuff. You, you never quite know what these designations yeah. mean. Matt LaFleur said he already knows oh, who's going to be the starting five. Yeah. Um, so it's not a matter of testing these guys to see how their body reacts. They're either ready or they're not. Matt LaFleur knows if they are. We don't. And so mm-hmm. if it's Yash Nyman, who's like a fine backup tackle, you know, he's probably a really good backup tackle and potentially an adequate starter. And then question mark at right tackle. We don't actually know who it would be. Is it going to be Royce Newman at right tackle with Jake Hansen at right guard? Is it going to be the rookie Zach Tom at right tackle with Royce Newman at right guard? Could it be Royce Royce Newman at right guard and Zach Tom at right tackle? We don't know. We know it's going to be a group that has never played together if those guys can't go. If there's one and not the other, it gets a little easier because like if Elton Jenkins can play and David Bakhtiari can't, Nyman's going to be the guy. If Bakhtiari can't play and Ellen Jenkins can't, then that's where it gets a little weird. It's the right side that's that's got some questions right now. And guess what? Whoever's out there is going to have to block a really, really, really pissed off Zedaria Smith. And we saw in 2019 and 2020, you know, like in the, the Seahawks game, we had the snub jersey uh, shirt under the, the jersey. Like this guy holds a grudge and he plays like it. So this is this is like the, not just the story, it is the matchup. Um, yeah. for this game. And, and, you know, we're going to have time to get into the matchups um, in, in a second. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. That just becomes my key matchup, which is what we're going to talk about next. And then we'll do some score predictions um, at the end. But first we got to talk about some of the key matchups. And I also want to talk about some stuff elsewhere, especially on the outsides where some really, really interesting stuff will happen. All right, back to more of our crossover in just a second. Before we do, let's talk about our friends at Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event birthday or holiday. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to go from A to B. Test drive that new electric vehicle you've had your eye on to see if it fits your everyday lifestyle. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms and conditions and exclusions apply. Ditch boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo, T-U-R-O.com. All right, we're back here. Crossover Thursday. Peter Bukowski from Locked on Packers. Luke Braun from Locked on Vikings. And let's do the fun part, the matchups. What is actually going to happen on the field? Luke, when you look at this Packers team, very similar offensively and defensively to the one 
from last season, much like the Vikings mm-hmm. um, in terms of personnel, except one big difference, and that's Devontae Adams. When, when you look yeah. at the way that these two teams match up this year, wh- what stands out to you? The, well, those are the two, and it, they're both on the Packers offense, Vikings defense side of the ball are the ones that really stick out. Um, you know, William Justin Jefferson and Jair Alexander probably will have some good tussles. That'll be fun. But really, it's on the other side of the ball that I think this game gets decided, um, where the Vikings have Cameron Dantzler, who looks great in camp. He looks like he took a step forward. Not the first time he's looked good in camp, and that time he didn't have a good season. So there's a bit, we'll call that a question mark. We'll call that a maybe. We don't know. And then we have Patrick Peterson. We don't know what we get out of him, but you're not exactly going to have him like shadow the number one all day. Like that's those days are long gone. Um, So whatever you can get out of those two guys, it feels like that, like if this whole thing falls apart, it's going to be on the outside because on the inside with Zedarius Smith, who's hundred percent raring to go, Daniel Hunter, hundred percent raring to go. Harrison Phillips has been spectacular in camp as a nose tackle, Um, like eye popping, make you vomit spectacular. He's been, wow. he's just like kicking ass. Um, and then Dalvin Tomlinson next to him as well. No slouch. That is a heck of a front. And those guys, they have basically shown nothing interesting blitz wise in the preseason. Why would you, right? They've done a couple of twists and a couple of games that are all super vanilla and that's about it. Otherwise it's been four man rush all the time. So I have no idea what kind of pressure packages they're going to bring and neither do the Packers and they haven't shown anything. They haven't shown it in camp. They haven't, they have kept this close to the vest. So if you're going to, like you said, have an offensive line that, that might have rookies on it, guys who haven't played together, guys that don't have that chemistry. I feel like that gets really interesting and that might be able to rescue something like I'm really curious to see what happens when Alan Lazard is one-on-one with Cameron Dantzler. I have no idea what to make of that matchup. And I feel like that could be an advantage either way. And if it is, that's going to be really, really impactful. I think too, um, Alan Lazard against Shannon Sullivan, if, if, if Sully is going to be in the slot because he's a smaller guy, Alan yeah. Lazard being able to use his frame in the middle of the field. Now, Alan Lazard, a question mark, did not practice on Wednesday. Um, we okay. got stepped on last week. So we'll see where he is. Like um, he doesn't, for week one. He, he doesn't seem to be like in a lot of pain. He seems to be good running off to the side, but that's, that becomes a question mark, right? Um, okay. So I was looking up these numbers because I think they're fascinating. Minnesota was 29th in pass rush win rate last season, which is a tongue twister. That's why I have to say it slowly every time I say it, but they were ninth in adjusted sack rate and sixth in pressure percentage. That the That'll pressure, be Zimmer. The, the pressure numbers <laughs> from uh, Pro Football Reference. That's Mike Zimmer designer yep. blitzes. Oh yeah, that's Ken, also not and Mike Penn's anybody. designer blitzes. That was what he was. That was like the only thing at the end in Green Bay that he was still good at. Is he could on yeah. third down dial up those things, and that is the Vic Fangio. Even though he Vic didn't blitz as much as like Brandon Staley when Brandon Staley was at the Rams that one year where they were just glorious. It was very vanilla first and second. And on third, we are going to tune your ass up. It's exotics. Yeah. It's it's fire zones. It's wild. Just like stunts, twists, five-man pressures, all kinds of simulated pressures, all kinds of stuff just to get you corner blitzes. I'm fascinated to see what this, this mm-hmm. Minnesota pressure package looks like because I want to know if they can win one-on-one. Now, last year, no Daniel Hunter. That is a big right. problem for your for your win. Mostly rate. no Michael Pierce and and no Zadarius Smith. Yeah, right. So if I, I what I'm wanting to see is do they think they need to blitz? Like, is it is this for the first quarter and a half them going? 
Let's just see if some four and five man pressures on third down is enough. And then if you need to show some of these exotic blitzes that you've been holding close to the vest, go do it. The other part of this is Matt LaFleur has seen Mike Patton's exotic blitz package. So, you know, he can always be in the well, lab drawing his, up some though? new stuff, but there's some, there's some level of familiarity there as well. For sure. But is this, it, this feels a lot more like it's Donatel's defense than it is Penn's. I think Penn's had like one media appearance. Yeah. He is very much a consultant. He's a, we gave a friend a job kind of guy. I think um, that's Kevin O'Connell giving an old uh, coach of his a job um, or an old colleague, I guess, because it was on the defensive side, but they knew each other from back when O'Connell was a backup quarterback for March Sanchez. So well, and that Kevin kind O'Connell of was on the Browns like team when Patton was head coach, right? Right. That too. Yeah. Um, so that feels a little bit like that. <laughs> uh, but, and it's very much like way more Fangio influenced. So mm. I have no idea. I think that's, we're both going to be fascinated with that. Um, real quick though, I think we can probably look to the other side of the ball. Um, one of the big things that I just found out on here on like Wednesday morning, injury report came out for both teams. No Irv Smith on it. Irv Smith had did, yep. uh, torn a ligament in his thumb and missed the entire preseason. He is 100% full participation, no designation on the injury report. So he will be full go. We haven't seen him since he had an absolutely electric training camp in 2021, tore his meniscus out for the season. Um, so my question becomes like, Irv Smith is not going to be running any limited route tree. He is a tight end, but they will be able to run packages because of his speed and because of his route running um, and because he's a pretty good blocker and he's a tight end as a blocker. They're going to be able to run their like four wide plays, just treating Irv Smith as one of those wide receivers. So my question becomes on your secondary, and I, I don't I'm not familiar enough with it. I don't know who is best equipped to take that sort of move tight end type role. That's what Herb Smith is. He is not faster than any of the wideouts in four, six, three runs like a tight end, but like a fast tight end. Um, and he's big. Who keeps up with that? Whose job will that become on the Packers? So I, I think the answer might be different on first and second down than it is on third down. Um, okay. and, and I, I say that only because, um, I think this is going to be a, a heavy, heavy, heavy man team on third down. And so, okay. um, that means it's Quay Walker in all likelihood. I think on first and second Rook. down, you'll, you'll see Quay Walker is the rookie linebacker, first round yeah. pick out of Georgia, 6'4", sort of a Devondre Campbell clone physically. We'll see if he's the sort of processor that, that Campbell was, but he's also, he's also the guy who's more equipped athletically to move and run with tight ends. We saw him um, in the slot against Traylon Burks. Um, last year at Georgia, just like mm. blanket him. Now, Traylon Burks, not the most natural separator, not the most sudden in and out of his breaks, but still that's a, that yeah, was a one matchup. of the most dynamic receivers in college football last year. And, and Quay Walker handled that, um, okay. that responsibility. We haven't seen a ton from Quay in the preseason. So getting an understanding of what his role is going to be on this team, but Brian Gutekind said when they drafted him and Matt LaFleur has said, and Joe Barry has said the Quay Walker pick was made with the idea that they can just live in nickel and not the Mike, Pet the old Mike Pet nickel, which was really dime with three safeties. And one of them, you know, reduced down into, into the box as a linebacker. No, no true nickel, four guys at the line of scrimmage, two true defensive linemen, two edge players, and two legit off ball linebackers with your extra corner. So mm. I think this is still a Joe Barry scheme where you're going to play a lot of two man, but you're, they're also going to play plenty of quarters, plenty of quarter, quarter, half, and that means Russell Douglas underneath. 
That means if they split Irv Smith out, that means Eric Stokes. That means J.R. Alexander. So it's going to be a okay. lot of mix and match. What what will be interesting is let's say Irv Smith starts to just like go off. Then what do yeah. you do? Is it Darnell Savage time? You start is changing it things. Russell Douglas time? Um, they've they've shown a willingness to do that. They did it with Darnell Savage against Mark Andrews, and they just they just said you've got this guy. It didn't go great. Darnell Savage did not have his best year last year compared to what he was in 2020 and even 2019. But then he makes the game-winning play on a two-point conversion and, and breaks up the pass. So I think I think the answer will change over the course of the day, um, depending on, on what the needs are for um, this Packers defense. So I, like I, I'm I'm wondering too defensively for the Packers if that approach works. Can they can they stick in six-man boxes against a team, even a team that wants to throw it more when they do run? Can they live in that world against Dalvin Cook? Because that's that's yeah. a tough ask for anybody. But if they can, and they can play that two shell, and they can play their nickel, that that makes it a lot harder for Kirk Cousins to hit the shot plays down the field and to do the things that they want to do and be explosive in the passing game. So that that's a big part of um, this game for for both sides. Yeah, and I mean, all a lot of Vikings Packers game in the past have come down to can the Packers stop Dalvin Cook or not? And the answer uh, in a lot of cases has been no. And yeah, that's why they keep randomly splitting the series, regardless of if the Vikings are good. <laughs> um, speaking of that, we got to do score predictions and wrap up a little bit. There's some other thoughts uh, that I think we want to toss around. So um, let's get into score predictions next. Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL, Locked On Vikings, talking to Peter Bukowski at Peter underscore Bukowski at Locked On Packers podcast. Um, you go first. What's your score prediction? Let's get it. So I have I have 23 to 20 Packers right now. Um they're they are, I believe I last looked, Bet Online has them as one point favorites. They had been two, they've been 1.5. One um, point it's down to it was at three when it first opened back in like May. It opened at three, and I I, I don't goodness. know. I think it's moved because of the uncertainty. I think there's a, there, there's been some Vikings hype um, in I, in Packer circles. The joke is that every year the offseason is just long enough for everyone to talk themselves into the Vikings um, competing with the Packers, and then the season comes around and everyone goes, "Well, why do we do that?" Um, we we got so, weird Lions hype that way too. That's every. It's just long enough for everybody to go. Maybe they can win eight and get a seven. And, and I think people were just sort of <laughs> sick of doing it with the Vikings, and so they were like, eh, yeah. "Lions." <laughs> Yeah. And and so I think that's part of the reason um, I think this can be a close game. I think it's going to be a sort of like classic Packers Viking slugfest. Um, and I, I really just think the difference is going to be Aaron Rodgers. I think it's going to be continuity. Um, but this is a Vikings team that is going to be scary all season. It's certainly a team that um, I, I think can be a playoff team if the defense coalesces the right way. I'm not sure I trust Ed Donatel to make sure that that happens. But I like Kevin O'Connell. I was talking to Joe Thomas about him today because Joe was in Cleveland with him yeah, yeah. Um, and and said, you know, there's actually a lot of similarities to, to Matt LaFleur. Um, sure. And so I, I think that's a that's a cool thing. I'm, I'm really excited for this game. I'm excited for the next the next matchup with these two teams. Um, this is this is the battle for the NFC North. And I, it, it could also be um, if the Vikings want to try and steal the North. This is a must win, right? I mean, that, the, oh, for sure. If, if you're going to win the division, it ha you have to win this game. For sure. Uh, Ross and I on Locked On NFL, we do Locked On NFL Tuesdays with Ross Jackson. Um, we talked about this this game as one of those. It's like might have sneaky playoff implications. Uh, and if the Vikings can steal this game, then 
and I say steal, but if they're one point dogs, I mean, one point home underdogs still kind of feels, but to me, this has felt like so insurmountable because this is the first game of a new scheme, a new coach, new everything. People are still new to stuff. People are still making mistakes. People are still learning. It's never that hot. Like unless you're, you have Aaron Rodgers just sort of winning games anyways, which is what happened in 2019. Right. There's always growing pains. And so I expect some growing pain. So I'm not nearly as bullish. I'm not very bullish on this Vikings team right now. And I'm okay with it. They, they've got a direction they're going toward it, but it's going to be a bit of a transition. It's going to be sloppy things. They're going to lose games. They probably shouldn't lose. And I'm like, I've already made my peace with that. Um, but the defense, I think it's going to take some time for them to really gel because there's younger players, um, players that haven't played together, players without that chemistry. And, you know, they're relying right now, starting safety Cam Bynum. Um, starting corner Cam Dantzler. Jordan Hicks hasn't played here. Harrison Phillips hasn't played here. Um, I'm excited about how all those players go, but I understand this can take a little time to gel. So I actually kind of think Aaron Rodgers is going to go off in this one. Um, I've been putting him in all my all my prize picks lineups. Take the more on, on Rodgers and everybody, even without Devontae Adams. I think Aaron Jones could go off in this one. Um, I'm going to go with something like a 31-20. I don't think this game is actually going to be close. 31-20 Packers. I think that one-point line is insane. I think it's way too high on the Vikings. Um, and I think w- there's a lot of hype surrounding Kevin O'Connell, and I think that's appropriate. Sure. We all get hyped on the new head coach and where he can take the team. But Rome wasn't built in a day, and that kind of thing doesn't just kick in immediately. The Vikings have sold us on this idea that like the toxicity of Mike Zimmer was really the only problem. And if we just get rid of that and get in a kumbaya guy, everything will just sort of work out and be hunky dory. And they have essentially behaved that way. Um, I I need to see it to believe it. And honestly, up against the the, what top three defense in the league and Aaron Rodgers back to back MVP, this is not going to be the proving ground you're probably going to end up just licking your wounds and walking away from this one, even at home, even with the opener, even with all the hype and everything. So if the Vikings can steal this and surprise me, I will be stoked, but I'm going 31 20. I think Aaron Rodgers can toss three touchdowns in this game and it's over by the third quarter. So here's the caveat that I will add. I'm, I'm hedging a little bit because I'm with you. I think this line is too, it is too narrow a margin. Um, if you look at things like ESPN FPI or Massey Peabody or some of the other point-based models, they have the Packers as like five, even six points better than the Vikings on a neutral field. So like yeah. one is kind of silly. It should be probably should be like four, four and a half. Um, but I don't know who's playing offensive line. If if you told me Fair enough. Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari were going to play, it's funny, as you were saying this, I was formulating it in my head before you said your score. If I was like, okay, if I know Alan Lazar, David Bakhtiari, and Alan Jenkins were going to play, I would say 31-20. And then you said 31-20, yeah. and I was just sort of like, okay, cool. Yep. I'm glad we're on the same page of this. But like, if they can't, if it is Yash Nyman and a, a, a conglomerate of, of guys on the right side, and then all of a sudden it's not Alan Lazar, it's Sammy Watkins, and Romeo Dobbs has to do real stuff, like that gets me a little bit more concerned. Um, this is, to me, this comes down to if you can pass protect the Packers are going to win. And I think that's going to be true pretty much every week. Yeah. Like if the Packers can protect Aaron and for Rodgers, everybody always. <laughs> yeah. Right. But Rogers more than, than I would say like a Pat Mahomes or a Josh Allen, where you're just like, no, they'll figure it out because they can escape and they can, they can do things with their legs that Rogers just at this point in his career is not the same guy sure. moving and creating. And 
he doesn't have the time under tension with these young receivers. I was going to say the rookies are not going to have that way right. that like Adams right. had. And so, go back to like Jordan. Or like yeah. you need to know what your hot is. You need to know like, hey, this is right now. It's on your body. Yeah. So that part of it is is why I think like yeah, if David Bakhtiari and Jenkins are out there, like I have I have no problem thinking the Packers are going to do what they did at US Bank last year. Um, but that's that's where I'm a little concerned here right now, just because of the uncertainty. I'm I'm building that in. If you if you I'm still taking the Packers on any money line. I'm still taking the Packers with the points, obviously because it's only one. I've already put that bet in. Uh, so I mean that's <laughs> that's where we are on that I one. Put that in a month ago. Uh, and so it's it is uh, the the kind of thing that I think the next matchup between these two teams will give us a better idea. To your point about the rust of where these two teams are actually headed this season, right? Yes. And that might not have great implications if the Vikings season goes belly up. Certainly could. And I wouldn't even be that upset about it because I understand that this they've got a direction and they're marching toward it. Um, but by the time we get to that game, you know, that might not. But it will still be like a signal. This is one where I'm just kind of looking to stay in it and survive. Um, and that's also just I just uh, begrudging respect that I have for the Packers right now. They just look like they're going to be pretty good. And the Vikings have holes we're sort of hoping won't show up. But hey, we're a lot healthier than Vikings are a lot healthier than the Packers. And sometimes that's all it takes. There's one guy on the injury report and he's a rotational player. It's Jonathan Bullard. Um, everybody else is going to be a lot healthier. So that might end up being what it comes down to. Um, we'll talk again, though, later in the season. So uh, make sure you tune in for all of that stuff. Make sure you tune in to both Locked On Vikings and Locked On Packers. All right. We love a little cross-contamination on the Locked On Podcast Network. Scout the enemy. <laughs> come come scout. Come listen to my show and, and make fun of me. All right. I'll, I'll hate it. You'd, you'd be really dunking on me. Uh <laughs> all right. Thanks to Luke for joining the show. Always great to do the crossover with him. We are live tomorrow, 530 Central Time on our YouTube page. Injury report. Uh, your questions, all the good stuff. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.